Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, and Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. We're sorry. What are we going to do? <laughs> but we should have. Right? We're, we're here. Unlike, unlike some, uh, there are those of us who don't take any days off. Uh, Just wait, Jimmy, but we're not going to throw names on the bus. This isn't Romeo and Pritchard. Yeah, this isn't, you know, Jimmy. Jimmy's got a social life, okay? Um, And, uh, you know, Josue did us a solid. He was was on the road last last, last game, and he pinch hit, which was good. So um, this is it. This is it for Bobby. Sherrod's staying for the whole freight here, but Celtics beat the Sixers. Uh, Uh, Sherrod's going to be at the title game. Looks like they're going to the title. Get a little bling. Yeah. Go on to the title game. I wonder, I bet you no one's going to play in that, right? I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's, it's funny because, I mean, even the guys that we are looking for to play major roles, even the guys who aren't playing major roles are balling out. I mean, Sam Houser's balling. Bruno Fernando balling. Uh, you start going down the line, everyone pretty much stepping on the floor is getting it done. I'm getting real Jay Crowder vibes off Bruno Fernando. Ooh. You know what I mean? Ooh. I'm that's glad nice he found that. Hey, that's just. But different position. I just like the, it's the energy, the attitude. He's going back and forth, you know, no back down at all. Like he's just, I, I like the aggression. He runs through time. guys. I, I've seen him barrel over about three guys in the summer league. And yeah. he's, he's physically imposing. He's got to be 240, 250. Every play that he makes, he puts a little umph on it, whether it's the two-handed slams or that block at the rim. He was really good in this game. And I'm glad he finally had a big rebounding game because he'd be two, three. Today he went out and got 11. So that was huge because yep. that's what I want to see him do most is be able to eat up some boards because, you know, the per 36 numbers were really good on the rebounding front last year. Bobby loves well, his numbers. Biggest, that's, he does. That that was my big issue with, with Bruno to begin with. I just didn't think he was a very good rebounder. And I, damn near every time he played other than tonight, he wasn't. So I, I give him props for actually stepping his game up. But listen, I'm 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 gonna I'm investing some of my early two way stock in Sam Hauser. I think he's gonna be really good. I, I I'm love all, I, his I'm, game. Bu- I'm, I'm buying. I'm buying. He's really good. Come the on. shots, Pierre. Come on, 
Watch. Come aboard. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting on this one. There is no reason. There is no reason. Like, you need specialists. There is no reason someone like this can't come in and just come in to do what he does and make shots, you know? But you know what, though, John? Here's the thing about him, though. I mean, he's, I mean, obviously his shot making is awesome, but he does so many little things that you don't necessarily pay a ton of attention to. Like, he forced a 24 second violation because he was just simply not allowing a guy to pick up the ball cleanly after he jumped it a little bit. Little things like that, when you're going through your scouting report and when you're, you're reviewing video with the team and you're trying to figure out, damn, should I really put him out there? Because he's not exactly Mr. Lockdown Defender. Hustle plays like that are going to get him minutes with the Celtics. He's not going to, he's not going to play a ton of minutes. That's not going to happen. But I do think when he does get his opportunity, he's going to do more than just make shots. I, well, that, that I don't doubt that, Sherrod. Seeing more elements to his game, but it's funny. Like, we're sitting here, and everyone's begging to turn Aaron Neesmith into your Duncan Robinson. You might have your Duncan Robinson without having so to someone- turn Aaron Neesmith into him. You know, someone said that to me in the chat. They said he already looks like a better shooter than Neesmith. And just in terms of the mechanics there, I can't argue with that. He, it's a clean shot, man. Holy wow. That thing just. And he gets it boom. off fast. Right so in the lane. quick. That, that little no kind of wrist. Mm. It's, that ten- it is so pure. It really is a really pure shot. And you're right. He gets it off quick. There's no, there'd be no question that he could get his shot off if he, if, if he played minutes. So, uh, you know. I, 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 I hate overreacting to the summer league stuff, but this is such a translatable skill um, that it doesn't really matter. You can shoot, you can shoot, and he can definitely shoot. And he's got good size, too. He's not a little guard going out there launching shots. He's got a high release. He's about 6'8". I think we came to an agreement on that over the, over the course of the last few days. And, you know, I talked to one of his coaches from UVA. Everybody in his past agrees that the defense is going to be an issue. Missoula has talked it up a little bit this week, and like Sherrod said, he made a few good hustle plays today and has gotten better as the week's gone on. But defending in space will be a little bit of an issue for him. So he's going to have to deal with that, and they're going to have to find ways to hide it. But you're right. Like, as a stretch four, this guy can really open up some things for other guys. And on a two-way deal, you can't beat it. Like, this is – you're paying nothing. It's nothing on the cap. You can play him pretty much as many days as you want now, the way the two-way deal is working this year. And you can develop him in Maine if you really want to commit to him beyond this year. So that was a great choice for the two-way deal. Definitely a better player than Waters and Taco were, right? Just all around. Just think about again. What is it? What were those guys bringing to you that you needed? Nothing, you know. They were roster filler, but well, nobody. Jimmy will liked. argue on the taco one. <laughs> no, that's insane. At this point, like you're, you gotta, you have to do something to get on the court that the team needs. You know, like those, some guys were playing last year literally just because they needed bodies, not because you know, like Semi Ojale is an example. You know, getting 18, 19 minutes a game. Grant, they were just short bodies. But when you have guys who come in and can do things you know again you it it it, you know hauser fits a a role and a need i want to just getting off hauser a little bit i want to go back to bruno just for a little just for a tad you know the bruno mo brown comparisons that people are saying oh is he going to be as good or better whatever uh, i don't think it's the same thing i'd be really worried right now if i were grant and um and i watched bruno playing and i'm not doing this to take a dig at grant but you're talking about Grant's path to minutes right now is small ball center. And, you know, again, it is summer league. So it would have been nice to see Grant stacked up versus Bruno. He could have been out here dropping 28 points a game. I remember two years ago, Grant made second team 
all, you know, Vegas Summer League. So did you know, he? I he had was, no clue. He did. He did. Carson was first team, uh, uh, and and Grant was second team. Uh, you now, know, how's well, that worked out since then? Not really, but if you look at if you look oh, at the okay. list of people, there's a bunch of like, right. who the hell is that guy? All I'm exactly. saying is he did perform well, and so Bruno has performed well at this level. It's not, but just based off of the energy, the the athleticism, the 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 grit, the rebounding, like, who do you want? You know, gun to your head today, you've got to decide who's your small ball center, Bruno or Grant, playing significant minutes or playing any minutes in a small ball lineup. I, I think Bruno might be giving Grant a run for his money for some of those minutes. See, I'm. I, I don't. Not no. I think Grant not is yet. still ahead of him. No, because he can yet. shoot. Because, because well, listen. The thing about Grant is that Bruno. Bruno has good size, but I don't think that size is utilized to impact the game the way it should. He's had great stretches in the summer league, but I'm not feeling what he's doing as a translatable skill necessarily. When you got to deal with Joel Embiid, because as well, as easily as he's going through guys now, he's going to get put on his ass if he's trying that against a guy like Joel Embiid. And I don't think his ability to, to score facing the basket is as good as, as frankly, as as, as uh, Grant. Grant, here's the thing about Grant. When you look at what he did from year oh, one to year two statistically. Tough nickname, he's, Kent, Kent Williams. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> oh, damn. That's cold. <laughs> damn, that's cold. Sorry, go ahead, Troy. I just, I just think right now, Grant, I think, goes into training camp at least one step, <laughs> if not more, ahead of where Bruno is. That's all. Bruno's going to have to outplay him in training camp, which I don't – I think so, too. I, I'm not giving it to him now. I'm saying that's who that's who he would dig into. He would dig into those minutes, um, you know, it, in that kind of small ball center sort of role because there's no way he's on the court with another big. It's just not going to happen. If he's playing, you know, he's going to play – I, I think that's those are Grant's minutes if he gets any. So, you know, Grant's got to hear some footsteps. I'm not saying it's happening right away. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Sherrod. Should. I'm with I'm with Sherrod. I I think what Bruno has done in the summer league is probably make the roster right because he was probably one of these million dollar guys who you could have cut bait with right away. You have other centers here that wouldn't have been a hard one to swallow. Um, but Carson made some strides today too. You know, he really showed that he can make a little plays on the ball there and score. He's done it before, as you mentioned, John, but that's kind of what I'm looking at with those guys, those two specifically right there is who makes the roster between those two. I think they're going to try to Parker around. We've kicked around so much. Like you're talking Parker. It's gonna be Parker versus Edwards, and uh, Bruno's in that too. Because I think you have three centers who are veterans and Cantor, uh, Rob, and Horford, and then you have Grant who can play the four and the five. You know, not great four, but he can actually play that position. Bruno can't outright. So I think that's a group of three guys right there, just based on their salary and where they are in the roster, who are gonna kind of be the odd ones out and fighting right in the camp to. Um, try to make this roster ultimately and keep their guys. I would throw Chris in. Dunn. I would throw Chris Dunn in that, that point. group as yeah. well. He's a, he's a little more expensive. He's a little more expensive though. That's the only right. Thing. He's a, he's in a $5 million. But uh, it doesn't range. matter. If so you're, you're not right, going to use him, you'll eat it. Right. Or you'll, yeah. or you'll just see if you can get someone to give you a second round pick or something for him. I guess so much, Call the thunder. <laughs> so much matters. Like what we don't know is, and again, this would have been nice. This is why like, someone like Grant could have benefited from him, you know, here is so they see him, you know, and see how he stacks up, see what kind of off season he's had, um, see, you know, if he's able to 
you know, dominate in stretches, which you should be able to against this competition? Can you do the things that you do well at a high level here? But you, you know, you, you had more you to lose so. in that sense. We, you we, do, we kept saying. you do to an extent, but ultimately, like, really, it's all going to come down to what do they come in looking like or being like? Is Grant coming in in the best shape of his life, more athletic, strong, lean, you know, playing with a bit more purpose? Or is he going to look like he looked last year, which was honestly, I thought, in worse shape last year than he was in year one? I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. He just didn't look as uh, – he, he just he needs to come in. You know, it's just you, you're looking at a lot of people. Jabari, there's no way you can determine what Parker's going to – you know, whether he deserves a spot on this team or not until you have any clue what kind of offseason he has. And we don't even have we don't have a glimpse. We don't have any insight into any of that. But if Parker comes in in the best physical shape he could possibly be given, he's had two knee surgeries and he looks great. It's hard to not give him a shot, give him that that spot. If he comes in, he looks like he looked last year. I don't see what the point of keeping him around is. So it, you really training camp's going to be a big deal. You know what what type of shape these guys come in and what they look like. Yeah, and, and the money to cut and the money that you would be uh cutting loose, you know, to just not keep Parker in is, is nothing. Uh so you can do that and it would not nothing. Would barely yeah, it would I mean it barely scratches, you know, your your financial situation. So you're you're that to me is the easiest path to keep this roster intact is to cut him loose. Uh, it gets, I think it gets a little bit more sticky when you talk about Bruno and Carson, who, by the way, they make the same amount of money. And then obviously, you know, you know, Chris Dunn and that five plus million, he's, he's due. Yeah. And they have some time to make this decision. Ultimately, like Parker's guarantees kind of stagger in, like I think end of August, it's a hundred K then close to a million close to the camp. And then the full thing isn't guaranteed until like January. So they can bring all these guys in the camp. I don't think they have to get the roster down to 15 until the season actually starts. So they'll have some time. They'll get a ton of opportunities to look at these guys going against other with Taylor Brown out there and different lineups and mixing and matching, maybe even play some preseason games with all these guys involved. So this battle is going to continue, but Bruno's definitely made a good mark here. I think Edwards really saved himself today because he was heading in a bad direction. With uh, I don't think this matters. And... They did say Not after too the game. Much. You know, uh, one of the things after the game, I know the uh, Missoula was talking about how he gets he's, a, he's he gets stuck uh, between being a ball handler and distributor versus a shooter, doesn't really know what he's supposed to be there. Uh, what was it exactly that he said? Because he said he was pleased with it today. He was making the right reads and the right decisions. Sometimes he's just, I mean, That's basically exactly what he was, what, was. Yeah. what he was nicely trying to say is. He's a bit of a chucker, uh, and today he wasn't entirely. He was, as the primary ball handler, looking to distribute and make some reads. He had a really nice dime in the first half there. Um, I forget who it was. might have been the Greek guy. Um, caught him streaking to the basket on a dunk he there. He did that twice. Yeah, they ain't got an assist from the ground. He had a great game today. The Greek guy. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> Who's the Greek guy? <laughs> it's a, August, August played for Panathinaikos. He was, like a, he was a star there. I think the Celtics like him. He'll probably make Maine. Um, but he he looked good. That Holman yeah. guy looked good. They got a nice cast of players for Maine in the summer league uh, summer league roster here. And again, I I just said this in the chat earlier, Sherrod. Um, this summer league more than anything showed you that eight to fifteen on the Celtics roster 
they might be the best in the league by far. They are just destroying teams out here, and it's not even Well, close. I don't I know, know that there's 8-15 to 15 out here in Vegas. You're looking at most of these teams have one and two guys that are making it. Celtics have a stacked Vegas league roster because four That's- or five of these guys are definitely on the team. Most Vegas league rosters only have a couple of guys that are that are on the team. No, but I think it's still true because now there's obviously a big stack of veterans on the Celtics. So this really is the bottom of the roster that we're seeing out here. And it's not the just the bottom is- of the roster. At, at a certain point, no joke. I mean, you're you're their their starting lineup had three rotation players in it. You know, I mean, no question about it. Um, one of those guys may be a starter on day one. I mean, would, yeah. would anyone be surprised if Neesmith is in that starting lineup? He's not, and I see people still talking about it in the chat. I still see a world in which that makes sense. Um, I do I think they're going to go. I think the safe play is Smart Richardson uh, and leaving Tatum at leaving. Uh, you know, uh, but but yeah, uh, and leaving Schroeder on the bench. But I like it. I like a world in which it's Neesmith. I really do um, for for the shooting there. And then because in that second unit you would have Richardson, Schro- Richardson Schroeder, and Pritchard in there too. Pritchard kind of uh, picks up some of the shooting slack. But I don't know. I, I think it's. I think I, I could see a world in which that makes sense. Um, who's the starting center? It's Rob, dude. Rob, it's it's got to be Rob. All right, you're gonna put I, Al I don't on the think- bench. I don't. Yes. Think... Yes, absolutely. All right, I, I, look, I don't disagree, the, the, but I don't know if the Celtics are going to feel that way. You can mix and match lineups a lot. Of, you cannot bring Rob off the bench again. You cannot do it. Okay. We, we, it, like the first, the first thing Ime does can't be the same dumb shit that Brad did for 30 games last year. Okay. That can't be your signature. It can't be. It's not going to do that. <laughs> You know, yeah, playing the same records. <laughs> that was awesome, John. <laughs> He's not that walking. Be my through. favorite John Zanis take right there. <laughs> He's not walking. Say dumb shit. <laughs> it can't be. Hey, I'm just saying it's a possibility. You know, who knows how the veteran young guy thing works out on the team. And there's no question that in the room, Horford's going to have a much higher standing than Rob here. Frankly, when you think about their games, this isn't – who was it last year? Tyson, I, I don't, Tristan. I don't think double like, big is beyond – double big no, is not no, beyond the real possibility. I actually think that the safest lineup and the one that allows Tatum to stay at the three and Jalen at the two with the true point guard is actually the double big. But you've got rotation problems because – you don't have Mo Brown, and who do you have coming off the bench there as a big? It's Cantor with that second yeah. unit, or Cantor and Bruno if he makes the roster, and that's not ideal. So you you have actually hurt your big rotation by not having Mo Brown. We we talk about like that not being a big deal, but he was an ideal bench big coming in on that second unit with some rim protection, playing 15 minutes a game, um, and, and you don't have that. So I, that's the downside to the double big. But the the double I big you'd like a little put, dose of Cantor. I don't mind it, but like I said, he's a specialist. He's going to come in and score, but then you're going to have these issues. And again, you do want to hide his defensive deficiencies in in a second unit when you're not going to have guys just torching him on pick and rolls left and right, you know. But you can only go so far until Cantor is like, all right, we got to get him off the court. You know, he's always, I feel like he's always got an expiration because at a certain time he becomes a liability. 
we, we joked about it in the bubble, you know, when we started doing the show, surviving the canter minutes, but it always yes. feels like you're trying to survive them. You're hoping that that's not the stretch where another team comes back on a 14 to two run because you just got chewed up because you can't defend anybody. Um, it feels like and that's always, that's always a fear. Uh, that's always a fear of like letting teams either blow by you or come back into games where you have a lead there when, when he's on the floor. It's just, it's, it's, it's rough. His seasons tend to go the same way every single year. Like promising yeah. early, scoring great, double doubles, then banged up as the year goes on, and then once the playoffs come around and you're only facing the top five, six, and he's out there on it's a hard island, to play him. It's hard to play him. His, his minutes disappear. What's the Billy yeah. Donovan quote, Rod? That's one of the most famous quotes in NBA history. Yeah. He's like, you can't, you, 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 like Cantor's killing us. You got to get him out. What, what's he say there? I can't play him. I can't play, can't play him. him. Can't play Cantor. Can't, you know, he's getting right. That's his legacy. You know, as soon as he gets into games, you can't, can't have Cantor out there. He's getting Too killed. bad because every, every other part of his game is so good. But the defense. Yeah. And um, it's, it's so bad that it's just like, damn. So, so that's what's damn. rough there. Uh, we have not gotten a chance to get to what we thought was going to be the story of the game, but you know we did talk about this being kind of Romeo's big audition, so to speak. Pritchard had a, uh, several big games. Neesmith had back-to-back really strong games where you got to see those flashes of like, okay, you guys should be dominating here, and it's nice to see that you've done it. Romeo didn't do it on on he missed last game, um, and he didn't dominate. Uh, there's some good, there's some meh, but how do you guys grade his performance? I didn't love it. It was meh. Meh. That's kind of I mean, his, that'll yeah, be, that, I mean, that'll it, be on his tombstone. Just one word. Yeah. Meh. I mean, he, he, he definitely did not suck. I didn't think he sucked, but I, I didn't think he was dominant. I didn't think he was great. I think he was just, he just had a good game and Romeo, you know, you, you want you want him to be to show to empty the clip to show the skills that we've seen him show in flashes. Uh, and this was another one of those games where you just he again had moments where he looked great and moments where you just didn't know where the hell he was at. Uh, and that's that's the frustrating part about him. And and just talking to him post game, you know, he he's embracing the fact that they need him to be a defender. But damn it, I would love to hear him just say, you know what, that's what they want me to do. But I know at some point I'm going to do more. I'm going to be able to give more than just that. He seems very comfortable in being a guy that is counted on to be a versatile defender, which is great. But I wish that there was some sense that he wants to do more than what they're asking him to do. I guess that's my issue. With it. Well, again, it goes back to what we talked about. We were talking about this on our chat, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, offline is I, I don't know what the Celtics want Romeo to be. And I don't know what, what we want to see him be because it is difficult. Everyone's trying to find comps. You know, I've actually heard Josh Richardson as a D as a comp potentially, um, you know, you know, other people say Jeff Green, but that's because of the laissez faire sort of <laughs> attitude. Um, and that's, that's more based off of just his vibe than it is his, uh, his, his, his game per se. Um, but I don't know, like in my mind, 
I want I see a guy like I said to me faults is the thing I want to see him be a guy who can score from from different spots on the floor but also can get a competent jumper slash three-pointer at least to get him into that 36 37 league average sort of range be able to knock down open ones at a 40 percent clip if he gets that he's playable just you know based off of that and his defense but I still think he should be able to get to his spots and he did have some moments where he did drive a little bit here and show that he can either be slipped or athletic you just want to see him do it with more ease and purpose and it just doesn't come you know he had one good drive uh early in the second half and it, and he got blocked by the by the euro there i forget his name he he struggles to get separation this was a knock on. but he's not getting he's not getting great separation yeah, yeah he, his defenders are with him all the way to the rim every single time and you saw plays from edwards and uh neesmith in this game too on one left-handed finish where they blew by their guys and i said right after that i was like i really wish we'd see langford do this too and that's right when he threw down that slam on the baseline baseline so three games Kind of meh, but three loud moments from him. I just, I don't know. Is his defense locked down enough for him to be a defensive specialist in this league? I'm not sure. It's very sound positionally. I think the Celtics love how he plays because it's safe. It's almost like a semi sort of thing. Like they they trust that he's going to be footwork wise and just positionally in the right spots on that end of the floor. But I don't think he can be the zero 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 player in real games that we've seen him be in so many of them, even when he does play great defense. I, I agree with you on the shot, John. Like, I do think he could be like a 35, 36% three point shooter, but he's not going to shoot a lot of them. And that matters. Uh, he can't get to the rim very effectively. We don't see him draw a lot of free throws. So I just don't know what that's his, the bummer. And I don't know he's going to be on offense. I don't see I'm an offensive game for him. But I'm surprised, like I said, is, you know, I mentioned faults as something, you know, Evan Turner is another one where like maybe some of that intermediate, you know, like, you know, uh, just something, just a little bit more creativity to his offensive game. I think he's still playing with the mentality of like, hey, in high school, I blew by everybody. And like here, he's just got to find new ways he has enough so i saw him trying to body his way inside and maybe yeah. that'll be something if he can get some mismatches because he did score blowing through uh reed on philadelphia i think it was he drew free throws on another play like that he looks stronger so maybe that's part of the plan here is to try i think to he looks in better shape this year yeah, and I, I think Romeo has been deceptively strong since he's been with these guys. Yeah. I mean, when you stand next to him, I mean, he's no wallflower. I mean, he, he's no twig. He's got some decent size for him. And I, I love early on in the game where he got a matchup where he clearly had an advantage. And what did he do? He took that guy's little ass down to the block. And, and that was scored. impressive. That's, yep. that's what you want to see him do because Tatum and Brown are going to have plenty of matchups that they are going to be able to work in and and manufacture points from but when you're on the floor if you're i mean if you're romeo you've got a 6-2 guard that's defending you take his little ass on the block and beat him up just beat his ass into the ground tatum and brown aren't going to be tripping about that because they know that's going to be your bucket to the, for the day we're still going to go and get our 20 25 a night but we need to get you some confidence going because that's the one thing about romeo i don't feel he plays with great confidence i think he plays with competence but confidence a little bit different yeah. So, so that's a uh, that's a really good question, Sherrod, because do you think he could have dominated the setting here if he really put his mind to it and he just kind of stayed back and made plays and focused on defense a little bit? That was kind of like the big question today. Was he capable of having a 20 point per game summer league like some of these other guys do? And 
is he just kind of content with his role and trying to fit in where he will in the regular season? That's I think that's a real question. Yeah, and I think that's really what Romeo in his own way was kind of telling us, that he's just trying to make sure he does the things to prepare to play this season. And he knows to play this season, I got to defend. That's that's how I'm going to get on the floor. It doesn't matter how many points I score out here in summer league, I'm not going to get those same shots in the regular season. And while that may be true, you still need to show growth in that particular part to. of the game. And, and, and that the, that's the one thing about Romeo that I'm still a little bit uh, not sure about is whether he fully understands that as important as it is for him to be a defender and get on the floor in that regard, they still need him to evolve his game at the offensive end of the floor. And, I, you know, he took a couple corner threes, not too much tonight, but this summer he's done that. That's a shot that I would love to see him be more confident taking. Think back to Jalen Brown. When Jalen wasn't scoring, what did he do? He started knocking out that corner three and That's played it. defense. And I, then from there, I, he expanded it from there. And that's what I love. I would love to see from Romeo. Find a specific part of the floor offensively where you're comfortable shooting from. It's usually it's the corner three. Work on that part of your game. Continue to defend at a high level. And build your kingdom, basketball kingdom that way. Defense, corner three, ball handling, and just keep going from there. Sherrod, this is what I would say if I was hosting a radio show right now. Do you have your radio on? Because you're getting a little no. reverb right now. No? No. Did you just mute yourself? Don't mute yourself. Is it me? No, I, I, I thought Bobby was talking. No, no, no. You got a teeny bit. It sounds like a teeny bit of feedback. I don't know if anybody's watching the show on a different on a different channel. Yeah, I'm near Bobby. Oh, it's Bobby's thing reverbing off. That's what it is. Yeah, we're doing our best here to keep it on. You guys are, I understand you're in the press room. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Uh, So let me ask you guys, are you by, you know, and this is where I struggle is I don't know exactly what his role is. If he's, if he's Josh Richardson light, you know, like, I don't know where his minutes are going to be. And again, I know playing defense probably going to keep him in there, but I don't know what, if he's going to make the most of his minutes to do anything beyond defend you're right. He might have a lot of those zero, zero, zero lines. My question is, are you, are you holding he your can. Romeo he's stock? Not- are you holding your Romeo stock or are you selling it? I'm keeping mine. At it. I'm keeping mine. Keeping it. I'm, I'm holding mine also. I'm still holding it. Um, and part of my reasoning is this. I know we want to see more of him in terms of caring and and whatever it is that you know we see and people say like oh it looks like he's got that attitude and he doesn't care and maybe I I honestly think that maybe he doesn't deeply care about Vegas Summer League and I don't know that it's a problem necessarily while we want to see certain things him not going out there and doing it on a nightly basis I don't I don't know so that he, that's necessarily it was- means that, that that means he's going to not do it during the regular season. You, you kind of wish he would. You still see Neesmith playing with a tremendous amount of energy and effort and fighting for every last rebound. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It's uh, But I'm not super concerned by – I I would have felt better if he went out there and dominated, but it's not enough to completely – No, it's – You know, it's a, to completely – for, for Yeah. It's a fair point, and it was interesting. They – this him, uh, Missoula and him really did push back against that um, notion that he's passive and, uh, you know, kind of sleepy out there. It's the things we've talked about before. Um, they really pushed back on that today, both of them. Uh, the fact that maybe he's not as invested in the game, things like that. Like, uh, he, they were both very frustrated that that sentiment's out there. And um, Well, what did Missoula say specifically? 
I think it's surrounded with something to the effect of like people talk about his passivity, but they're overlooking um, like his positioning on the defensive end and just how much he's hammered down that end of the floor, which is certainly true. But we're, we're talking about offense here. And the last thing I ever want to see him become is a semi role player on this team. Like what did semi do out here? Really positional sound defense, shot a bunch of threes, wasn't an amazing three-point shooter, and that essentially became like his pigeonholed role on the roster. And I think Romeo, I'm not enamored by his skill set, but it's it's better than semis. Like he can dribble, he can get downhill, he can play make a little bit. We saw it in that Brooklyn series. So like I do think there's some upside here that could still be tapped into, but the Celtics, I think as a coaching staff, have to get a little, a little more creative with how they deploy him because he's gonna try to fit in where he is. Like I think that much was clear with that, what he was saying. That today. is the that that's one thing that worries me a tad is you know part of him not dominating is he could go an entire five, six minute stint in summer league, not getting the ball and not care. Like this isn't, they're not designing it. So Romeo gets a touch every single time. There are plenty of times up and down the court where Romeo wouldn't be involved in the offense. I, I per, this, that bugs me a little bit. I actually would make sure, you know, you want to see, you're trying to find out and you're trying to see certain things. I would be running sets where the ball would be in his hand, uh, you know, most times that he was out there because ultimately that's, you don't want guys to just this, go out there and be and just chuck it league, like, hey, I'm can, trying to prove myself, you know? In this league, you can't play four on five offense. You just can't. Right. It makes you it can't. too much harder on your main guys. Right. Uh, but here I would have liked to see them just basically like, all right, get it to Romeo on the wing and then Romeo, you create, you know, and just see how see how he does that. But there were times where he would just kind of go and just jog around and then people would get the, you know, you know, Carson would, you know, whatever. I mean, Carson wasn't as bad this game as others, but there's tons of times where he wouldn't be involved in the offense just because the ball wouldn't even swing his way. So yeah, I'm, not, the, I'm not, I'm not holding that again. I'm not holding that against him. No, but, but I, I do think that Romeo, he, I think he needs to be a little bit more, um, engaged in what his purpose is out there. I mean, it, yeah. it seems like he's very content on just wherever there's a hole filling that in. And that's great. But at some point, you've got to say, I can be more than this. I have to be able to give more than what they're asking of me. And and I, I don't know if he's at that point where he's comfortable taking that leap, taking that step. You start looking at his game and breaking it down. He does a lot of the things that you want a young guy to do. He can defend. He's got good length. But he just seems to be kind of Take whatever I have on my plate. It's there as opposed to this is what I'm bringing to the damn game tonight. Yeah. That Romeo we haven't seen yet. I don't know if we ever will. Uh, but that Romeo, I think, is what this team ultimately is going to need. So I, there was another moment in his press. Day. It was a really good press day that was revealing to me because we always hear him talk over and over again about how frustrating it was to be hurt as much as he was and, you know, not find a role right away. So that's where he did key in on defense. And, um, you know, Gary actually asked him about the vocal side of himself because I think that's where the passivity notion comes from too is that he's not talking a ton. He's quiet. He's got a low-key demeanor. And, like, he thought about it for, like, a while after Gary asked the question. It was like, yeah, I could talk more. Like, it really thinks like he – like, he went through so many struggles coming into the league that I really think he's been, like, down on himself in a way that, like, he's just like, what can I do to fit in here? Cause it's just been so frustrating. I can't get anything going. I can't play because I've been in and out of the lineup. So he's like clinging to what can 
like get him in with this roster now and he has like a different idea of how he could be more involved here and like he really seemed to like light up over it so like I think a lot of the stuff we've heard and seen from him throughout this last year or so where he's finally started to play basketball again after kind of a lost first season uh, has been pretty revealing of just how like up and down he's been mentally trying to get through like the issues he's had coming into the league so I think he can find his place. I'm not enamored by him. I don't think there's ever going to be a day where he explodes as a player and is just this awesome force out there. But the defensive floor, and you said it again today, John, the way he moved his feet, the way he stayed in front of guys, really does give him He's, a good chance to be in the rotation. I and I don't know, Sharada. I, 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 did you take a did you take a did you knock his defense a little bit uh, earlier, or just saying on offense he seems lost sometimes? Because. You're on mute. Sorry. On offense, yeah. On offense, Romeo does seem lost at times offensively. Like he doesn't really understand what he should be doing or what they need him to do defensively. I, I think he just has low key good instincts. Where even when he's a little bit out of sorts, he's able to make up for that. I, I um, think. I think he's very. That's the thing is. I think he's very instinctive on defense. You actually see how quickly he recognizes switches. Um, yes. And things, and he rifles through that. He's very, very. Uh, he's like, and even if he looks like he's walking through it, he quickly snaps back into position. Uh, he's very, very like the defense. He called ma- it. Defense called makes it sense today. to him. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense that you can see it. You know, he knows exactly what he's got to do and where he's got to be. And even playing 75, 80%, it's like, yep, got it. I, I'm. He's everywhere he needs to be. It feels like on the defensive end. He said the defensive playbook was easy to pick up and like learning the defensive system and getting in that way was easy for him. I thought that was a really good quote that he said because, yeah. you know, it reflects in his play too. It really does. He's he's so sound on that end. And that gives and you confidence. But yeah, th- yeah. Th- let, let's, let's stack the positives because it's so easy to just look at box scores or look at moments where you're like, oh, it looks like he's drifting and like, is he into it or not? All the things going for him in his favor right now healthy for the first time ever still only 21 years old looks like he's in looks like he's in good shape where before he did look a little soft even though he has kind of a lanky frame and his shot form is clearly been worked on slash fixed and the overall release is a great deal better Uh, again he's not out there you know knocking down you know at a 55 percent clip but Overall, it's a clean-looking shot, much more so uh, than it was last year. So it looks like work was put in. All of these things are check marks in the positive column. What we didn't get to see was a 28-point explosion where he's blowing by guys, and maybe that's just not what we're expecting to see. You know what we what what we'll get there. The only reason I keep I hold out hope on Romeo is because of how dead wrong I was about Jalen Brown, who I was ready to completely write off after a couple of years. Like this guy's a mess. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's all over the place. Like I'll be I'll be bashing Jalen Brown at his Hall of Fame induction speech. Like I like I I held on to it for so long because I was like I don't think he's gonna get it, man. And uh, that is a good point. That's gonna I it, Jalen Brown did not look like a guy who was going to get it to me because it just didn't look like he got basketball and his handle was so weak and i was like at best he's gonna be a three and d guy at best and uh, in his game evolved romeo actually brings with him more not the same athleticism but better basketball skill set uh at least in his first year or two than jalen brown had jalen brown did not have that and, and and it came you know and again obviously he's got drive and he's got you know and you know and he worked extremely hard at it uh 
and he and he has better athleticism. But that that's kind of why I, I I'm not ready to completely give up. And I'm not comparing the two players at all, nor do I think his ceiling is anywhere where near Jalen's is. I was just so quick to give up uh, there, where I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off now. Again, gun to my head, do I think Romeo's gonna be great? No. Uh, but I'm I'm not selling my stock is a long is is the long answer you know short answer to the long explanation. I'm with you. Um, I, I I again, to me, it, for me, it comes back to just what your expectations are. Guys like, in the chat, guys with- in the chat are wrong. By the way, Jalen Brown did not have a good skill set at all. He was drafted as a raw athletic wing prospect. He had very 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 underdeveloped skill set. Yeah, really Jalen's. Jalen's explosion. A very underdeveloped skill set. For people saying in the chat that it was be- that it, it's better, it was not. He was raw, raw, raw. But anyway, go ahead, Sherrod. Sorry. No, there's a difference between having a raw skill set and, and having a good shooting form. You can have a good shooting form and be extremely raw. Um, like Jalen's mechanics just needed to be refined a little bit. They weren't yeah. horrible, but they no. were not nowhere close to where they are right now. Right. And that's the thing that I think a lot of folks, you know, they have revisionist history with that. Jalen was a very unfinished product with a lot of potential. And to his credit, he worked his ass off every single offseason to get better at least one or two things so that he went from being a guy that was just kind of a role player three and D guy to a guy who could put it on the floor, guy who could shoot threes, guy who could rebound from the guard position. All the things that made him an all-star did not just happen overnight. Uh, And for anyone to pretend as if Jalen was this near finished product when he came into the league is bullshit. He wasn't. He wasn't at all. He wasn't. And give that man credit. He worked his ass off to be where he's at now. This was not, he did not come in as his near finished body of work. And again, it was rough. It was really rough at first. He he just, you know, he didn't know what to do with him. So he actually had kind of Neesmith energy in terms of, you know, what he was doing on the offense. He was he was spinning, spinning into guys, going the wrong way on stuff, just kind of going into the lane and just the ball just, you know, you know, going off his knee. He was just he was very wildly out of control and didn't really have a good sense of where he was on the court. Certainly not for the first year, maybe year and a half. The shooting form really saved him, as you said. Getting into the corner and burying that corner three really turned him around in year two. And everything since then has just been better, 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 better. You know, didn't the handles didn't come handles didn't come till year three. You know, it, it just kind of kept going for him. And Jalen wants to be great. Yep. I mean that to me that that's like the if if you had to really break down what's the difference between him and Romeo, to me that one point is the biggest. Jalen wants to be great. Romeo wants to get out there and play and help the yep. team in whatever role, whatever his skills can help the team in. He's cool with that. And again, as a young guy, you can kind of live with that. But at some point, Romeo's got to just man up and say, you know what? I can do more than what they're asking of me. This is bullshit. I'm more than just a guy who can defend. Whereas Jalen came in thinking, well, I'm just going to wait my time. But in the meantime, I'm just going to get better at everything and force them to play me and force them to put me out there in different situations because I will have proven myself worth that. Romeo hasn't quite got that confidence yet to, to go out there and, and really push himself and more important, push the coaching staff to play him more. And again, yeah. this is really, to me, I'm going to call this his sophomore season for all intents and purposes after a red shirt rookie year for the most part. He just really has not, he's basically cobbled together one year over, games. The, over the last, not even a one injury riddled year over the last two with no training and no ramp up. This to me is his legit second season. You know, I know he's a year three guy. This is his sophomore season. I, I, again, the expectation should reflect a guy who was 
should be more instead of looking at him as a year three guy the expectation should be a second year player who was injured on and off his first year and let's start now it's he's very much just beginning so that's that's why it is still early to 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 jump ship the problem is if you're going into 2022 and you've got to make some real you know cost cutting maneuvers his five million you know his five million is going to be something that they might want to get off the books if he doesn't show that he's worth it so it is a bit of a make or break year he's got to at least prove that he's a competent pro if not one that you really want to kind of stay with him because you think that his trajectory well, it's yeah it starts with playing the whole season right if he could play a 72 82 game season yeah. here that yeah. would be a huge step on its own playing every single game because then i think the strides happen naturally a lot of this stuff is opportunity jalen got immense opportunity into year two that's what held him back largely in year one a lot of people did want to see him play more in that year one so that's going to be the key for any player, really, is that opportunity to come in and be able to be free. And that's why this summer league was a little frustrating in that sense for him, because this was an opportunity for him to come out, play free, and do what Neesmith, uh, Pritchard, and Edwards, more than anyone, has taken that opportunity to the bank in the many runs he's had here. So you would have loved Romeo to be able to do that here. I think that's a little frustrating that he didn't have that one pop-off game. But... I'm not completely out either. Like I do think there is some level of a four here. I've never been crazy about his game, but I think he's taking the right approach to get there. And uh, yeah. the shot does the shot to me. I keep I keep saying it looks decent. Like looks everyone decent. freaked out about his shot coming in the league and the ping pong ball and all that. Like he never looked like a broken shot guy to me from day one. Like he was hitting threes his rookie year. Well, didn't he? Had a, he had a thumb injury on his shooting hand, right? That altered his shot in uh, in college. So he's been tinkering with that for a little bit. We're not in kind of we're not in Markel faults. Like you know, it's not broken territory. You just needed some tweaking and some time to practice a little bit. I also think again, relative to expectations, we do have to take into consideration. 14 picks typically are rotation players. All you're looking for for Romeo to be a successful player and pick, given his draft slot, is someone who can play 18 to 20 minutes a night uh, and be a five through eight rotational sort of player, which is not beyond, you know, which is not totally. Uh, ridiculous to think that he can he can still get there. What you're hoping was when he was drafted, it was a guy whose stock fell. So you might have been getting a top five, top eight talent at that spot, which is why people I think are like, well, I want to see him do a little bit more and be a little bit better. It may never happen if you, but if you get a guy who's getting you 17, 18, 20 minutes uh, a night, I think that that's uh, that's good. I still think there's something there. There's a thing. I just you know. You want to see it. You see those little flashes and you're like, you know, you just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I, again, I'm not selling, but I, I, I wouldn't be stunned if it goes either way. He's 21. Like that, you, you talk yeah. about the games that he's 21 too. So that leeway he had coming in at 19 was huge given yeah. what happened over the last two years. Cause he's still very young. Some guys coming in the league at the age he's at right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, is, is uh, how old's Pritchard? Richard's definitely older. Right. Like, I think Pritchard's like 23, I think. Now, what did Pritchard do today? He went and played like in a family game that or something? Some, that is some great breaking news. He played in a program today and scored 92 points, probably at the same exact time as the Celtics were playing. <laughs> so his his previous his previous engagement was like to play in some uh was some it charity game or whatever? That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, 
So we know he got his run in today. <laughs> That's awesome. So, He's the best. Is that real? Because I've seen it all over twi Twitter, but I haven't seen it. It's got to be if everyone's talking about it. I don't know. I mean, it, it is. I don't know if it's. I, I, I was waiting to see it from somewhere, but I haven't seen anything yet. Um, that is hilarious if, if that's the case. And again, someone saying I, it's his family team. It was like a family something, you know, that's that would be really funny if that was his uh, prior engagement. This is clearly his prior engagement. Wow. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Is it? I, I don't, don't know. know. What, what, what kind of what kind of operation are we running here? Why I don't know. We'll we'll see what actually happens. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna fake outrage over it because I don't actually care. It just is surprising that that's the type of no, thing. No, you would have would... thought it was a wedding or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's surprising that's the kind of thing that you would get a pass for. That's all. Maybe yeah. faked it. <laughs> I don't know. I got a prior uh, engagement. Yeah. That's, that's so why he put it to them. It is a weekend, um, so we were going to keep it short, um, and uh, and also we were a little delayed on the start. So I'm going to let these guys get back to their stuff. Guys, final thoughts here as the Celtics are headed to a summer league championship. Uh, we hit on Romeo. We hit on Hauser. We hit on Bruno. As always, we're not talking about Carson Edwards because this is a Carson Edwards free zone. I'm not going to – I'm not going to – I'm not spending any time <laughs> – uh, though again, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I mean, you played well Ed tonight. Edwards do enough to make that. Fa I'll, I'll, I'll give him this. Give it, he do anything over these few games to think that he's got a spot on this team. I think he does. I, yeah. I think, I think he will. I think he will be on a team and I, I don't think his situation was as dire as we may believe it to be. Uh, I, I think Carson is a guy that they still have confidence in. Um, why? Not really sure. But my gut tells me that this is still a guy that they are confident can help them at some point. And this was an example of him doing a lot of the right things out there. But to, to me, the thing about Carson, make shots and be a threat when you're on the floor. If he can do those two things, everything else is going to fall into place. He can be a reliable 10-minute-per-game scorer. Because even though he's not a, obviously a great defender, he's not. he doesn't suck either yeah. he's got that strong lower body center of gravity thing going for him where he's a hard guy to get right through and get to your spot so all he has to do to me is just do what you got what got you to the league and knock down shots and be a threat when you're on the floor yeah it's all going to depend on what they think of parker i think everything Sherrod said earlier about parker's valid that non-guaranteed money is going to be appealing to them if they can decide that he might not be for them and move on from that that's going to be the easiest way to sort this out i think but i don't yeah. know there's a little something you still want to see with parker after what you did in the playoffs there right like he was pretty good in that net series i, I think you again you you love guys with with the pedigree of, of of parker um because you always feel like there's something there you could tap into that he might be able to get a fountain of youth sort of thing, or, you know, just a revival of like, you know, yeah, uh, Jabari from a few well, he years might, ago. He might find a new way to do it. Like think of um, Sean Livingston, like what he came into the league as versus what he thrived as later after some really bad injuries early in his career. Yeah. Maybe you have something like that pan out. Problem with Parker is, um, 
again, it's it's not just the knees. It's just the shot again. It's just you're just going to it's a team that really needs shooting. And again, as I, as I keep pointing out between Richardson and between Smart and between Schroeder, you know, and now you're going to throw in if Romeo is playing significant minutes and and then you throw in potentially Parker in a rotation of, a, a you know, a, you know, in a top 10 sort of role. That's five, six. And then and then Rob. You're you're consistently putting you know six of your top ten players are guys who can't shoot it from the outside on a like a deadly clip you know like it's not like smart can't shoot they're just not dead eye shooters so you just you know the fact that Parker can't shoot at all I think hurts him a little bit uh, there but if he can find ways to score and he's a guy who creates his own shot it's obviously the number one skill in the NBA and if he can tap into that there's value in it so again. Yeah, what does he come in looking like? What kind of shape is he in? And is there a chance he can kind of dip back into that, you know, those earlier year Parker, uh, you know, things? And that would be that that would be a useful asset. You mentioned Dunn he can't earlier. play defense either, and you're right, people are putting that there. That's another thing here is yeah. him and Cantor uh, on the floor at the same time in a bench unit. Uh, it, it is scary as shit. No, you know, he's, he's almost like a five at this point. Um, yeah, Sherrod, you mentioned Don. That's another guy, like 50 games in the last two years, just like Romeo, big pedigree. Right. Do you want to see what he's got? Or if someone's willing to take that $5 million, are you going to dump it? Hell yeah, I want to see what he can do. Um, I, I think when you've got the opportunity to do that and it is not going to absolutely devastate you financially, which is which is what happens at training camp. I mean, that's why you can have so many more above and beyond the NBA minimums for rosters to, to evaluate and make decisions on guys. So I, I absolutely want to have all those guys in camp and see who, who's left standing when the dust settles because uh, I think they deserve an opportunity to prove themselves. And frankly, they also deserve the flip side of that coin is to play themselves out of a job in Boston. They deserve that. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, just to cap it here, uh, we've got one more game, which is on Tuesday. Sherrod's hanging in Vegas. He's there. So he will join us. Bobby, sorry, I'm not going to I'm not extending you three days, buddy. <laughs> For the championship? No, no. You had a good run. OK, this is Bobby's Bobby's <laughs> last. Yeah. Bobby's last night in Vegas. Yeah, we we, you should be where everyone be a little worried for Bobby. It's his last night in Vegas, and he's got he's got no school. No, there's too much. Oh yeah, you're right. It's a yeah last real night. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Sherrod, it's on you. Uh, it's it's on you to keep to 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 get Bobby home for us. Um, okay well we'll be back after the championship on tuesday uh which is great um patriots back at it next week as well evan lazar going to philadelphia following the team any pats fans in the audience uh check out our coverage throughout the week there on our patriots youtube channel in the left post game again after the eagles game next week week two of the mac versus cam uh competition uh which again i think is ticking anyone who's i was ticking towards mac but that's uh that's just me. Uh, I did have some major. No, it's not. It's not just you, John. It is so not just you. It's not just me. I'm saying <laughs> I, I've I've thought since week I've thought it's Mac without question, uh, and I've been taking bets on it. So uh, uh, I'm a hundred percent that Mac is starting week one. But I did get some major Justin. I did get some major Justin Fields envy today, though watching uh, watching that game, uh, Bears uh, Bears Dolphins. But <sighs> whatever. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys. Guys, final word here. I, I think it was a really good week. Oh, yeah, you got that. Um, 
I think it was just a really good week for the Celtics. Like, this may not translate, but this is mostly what we want to see. Just them look really good here and take some steps, which I think most of these guys did. And then to get the Schroeder thing right in the middle of it, really, we kicked that around already, but that really solidified the roster in my eyes. Um, I kicked around a little bit, like how the Celtics looking with some scouts here. I think a few of them said they're mostly looking the same, but – you know, there were a few who really liked what the Celtics did this offseason, especially on the defensive end of the floor. So uh, we'll see where that goes. The shorter thing's going to be interesting. Like, you really do hear a little bit of everything about him out here. And uh, <laughs> I did write about that for BSJ today. It's like, this is kind of like a 50-50 coin toss thing for the Celtics. This could go really good or really bad in here. Yeah, well, it is yeah, but funny. if it goes, but if if it goes bad, they can pull the plug very quickly and not quite as painful as – pulling a plug on a lot of things when they go bad. So yeah, that is that. true at 5'9". Yep. It, it you know, is hard now, not a yeah. horrible dead money hit from one year. You're right. It, it is interesting, though. You're right. Um, the uh, the overall perception of the team a week ago versus now, um, you got some good Vegas League stuff. You got to see Neesmith do some things that made you feel good. And again, even in a not in a cold shooting game, he still had a couple moments tonight where he took it to the basket and stuff you like to see. He was great on the defense. He was great rebounding the ball again. Um, Pritchard obviously played the way he played. So you feel good about Stings and then the Schroeder thing, I think, helped you feel that the roster was a little bit solidified. Yeah, I said two weeks ago, this team might not make the playoffs, and I don't feel that way anymore. Like, I think they really solidified some of their needs with Schroeder, and the young guys look good to me, especially Pritchard and Nisma. So, those three things really did it for me here to just tick them up a little notch, maybe at that like five, six seed spot now. It, it it changed the perception and the vibe around the team, um, you know, which is which is a good thing. I think everybody needed some vibes um, after just the way the off season went down. Uh, just didn't, you know, you know, and didn't really seem like things were going um, the way people wanted them to. So yeah, all in all, a positive week, a good week of coverage. Thanks to Bobby, thanks to Sherrod uh, down in Vegas, pulling double duty here, jumping on the show and chasing those guys around and checking out games. You guys checking out more games tonight? No, done. Hell no. Wrap it up. Have some fun. Have fun, guys. Thank you guys for watching. Again, subscribe to the YouTube channels if you haven't already. Follow uh, everyone here on Twitter. Follow Celtics CLNS on Twitter as well. Uh, You'll get notified of all of our uh, post-game shows. We are back on Tuesday. Until then, uh, take care, everybody.